Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. We come to you on Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers from the frozen tundra that is Hamilton, Ohio. They're doing some HVAC work inside this building. Thus, the Pioneer League hoodie. Look at the boys over there, Casey and Paul. <laughs> 48 degrees in the studio. I mean. 48 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> I, I'm legitimately this cold. Like, this is not a show. I'm not joking around. I'm legitimately this cold. It's, it's cold. It's cold in there. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. But, hey, look. Uh, in all sincerity, we know there are people out there that, that are having a hard time right now and uh, paying their bills with the price of gas and electricity and everything else going on. So, you know, we'll make one joke about it and we move on. Now, normally we have Tracy Jones on at 1130, as you know. We call it the best 30 minutes on television, two days a week. But today, the Tracer has to join us early. Obviously, you're not having a heating issue at your palatial estate right along the banks of the mighty Ohio. Good morning, Tracer. How are you today? Good morning, boys. Good morning. So it's real cold in the studio, right? That's an understatement. But that's Cincinnati, right? You guys have those change of seasons, and it's... You it's, guys, aren't you here? Or is it different across am, the river? I'm, I'm leaving to Los Angeles where it's sunny and 78, not a cloud in the sky. And I'll be thinking about you poor bastards freezing your asses off in that studio. That's what I'll be thinking about. Can't wait to go on my trip, Tommy. Trace, in the last month and a half, you have been in the, uh, you've been in Mexico. You've yeah. been in Florida. You've come to us from the Gulf Shores, uh, Red Roof Inn in Alabama. Today, you're briefly home. And now, another vacation. Do you That's work anymore? Happens. I mean, you, you've, you, you, know, you manage all this money. Uh, you've got your, your rental units and that whole empire. Uh, is all of this just on cruise control? Uh, a little bit, and plus, when your wife is rich, that helps. So I kind of piggyback off her a little bit. Hey, Tom, just I didn't tell you about one of my flights. If I could just chime in here, something that happened to me. I caught a situation uh, last time I, I flew, and it was really, really weird. It was very strange because <clears throat> we went, uh, we were flying, uh, Danae myself and Tucker, of course, we get on the plane. I just want to throw this out. What would you guys do? So I'm sitting there in first class. Stewardess opens up the door of the cockpit. They're called flight attendants now. They're no longer called stewardesses, but, but, but go ahead. I know where okay. you're going with this. Go okay. ahead. So the stewardess opens the door to the cockpit. And do you know what the hell I see? A female pilot. She's the captain. Is that not the darndest thing? What, I've what, never what, what seen What would be that. surprising I, about that? I've never seen a woman flying a plane. This was the first time I had seen that. And I got extremely nervous. And I turned to my wife and I said, 
gonna take the next flight out. I can't do this. I just had a really, really bad feeling. She looks at me, she says, what's the big deal? I says, I've just never had a woman pilot. She says, well, just stick on the plane. She's begging me to stay. I says, I, I just have a bad feeling, okay? I go by a feel, I have a bad feeling. So I get up, I go to leave, and I says, if the plane does go down, let me at least have Tucker. So I grabbed Tucker, walked off the plane, and ended up getting the flight, the next flight to, uh, actually I was going to Santa Barbara at this time. I actually hit Santa Barbara. I just have never seen a woman pilot. I thought that was really strange. Because I think of my wife, she can't even drive a car. So for this woman, and I, I heard it was a great flight. She did a great job. It's just something that I've never seen. Would you let, if you were flying, would you be all right with a, with a female pilot? Of course I would. I have been on multiple flights where a female pilot has been in charge yeah. of the flight. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, you, yeah, you're I just, a guy who's traveling all over the globe, and you're telling me that just recently was the first time you've seen a female pilot of an airplane? Never. Never, ever, ever have I seen a female pilot. I, I think it's cool. I, I just had a bad feeling. You know how you get that feel? Yeah, well, I mean, really I get that feeling know. when I've, you know, sometimes I think everybody gets that feeling when they get on a plane. There's some people that get really uptight. Uh, about being on an airplane. You know you know what people also get uptight about? I mentioned earlier, you have to go to the, um, to the dentist today. And you know, one of the things I always <clears throat> think about, and, and, and God bless him, he's still alive, although he's retired, uh, a dentist here in greater Cincinnati named Frank Mills. When I was a kid and got braces and all that kind of thing, and I think so much of people's fear of going to the dentist has to do with uh, them being in pain. Uh, when they go to the dentist as a little kid, and then it just it follows them their whole life. And that never happened for my sister and me under the care of Dr. Frank Mills. What is your experience? Are you nervous about going to the dentist today? No, I'm not nervous. I'm more nervous about that female pilot. Not so much going to the dentist. I actually, I actually go to the dentist. Now listen to this, because I, I worry about my health. I, I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a hypochondriac. Didn't want to tell you that because you guys will probably use it against me one of these days. But I go to the dentist three times a year. Why? Three times. Why? Get my teeth cleaned. You know, these are fake right here. These got kicked out in a, a baseball game in college by a guy by the name of Rene Gonzalez, who actually played for the Angels. He was a, a shortstop. He wore number these? 88, if I remember correctly. Isn't that right? Very good. Very good. He went to Cal State LA, and I was playing third base at the time. And he slid head first. His metal cleats came, boom, chopped those son of a guns off. And, uh, of course, I just spit them out and played the rest of the game. But they were, I like had one third of my two teeth. So these are fake. So I've got to make sure that they're all right. I don't want right. them falling out. Of course, now that I get. You know, so I go and get my teeth clean. I get a lot of tartar. That's something I get. I don't know if that's from being a major league baseball player or something, if that's kind of a thing. But I do go to the, I go to the doctor twice a year for a physical. I go to the skin doctor because of all my skin cancer. Yeah, yeah. I'm going uh, next Thursday for that. I do that three times a year. Remember, my goal is to live to be 100 and to have FU money. So those are my two goals that I try to 
aspire to. So we'll we'll see with with what the dentist does. Just has to do it clean. It's not a big deal. What would be if you were to give Casey and Paul say good morning to the uh, Ham and Eggers today? Um, morning, boys. You know what would be realistic tracer for them as far as goals are concerned. I mean, if yours are the two you just mentioned, what should they be realistically knowing that Casey's getting ready to embark on uh, the lovely voyage we all call marriage? Uh, yes. Paul is probably not all that far behind. Um, it, you, should their goals be a little bit different than your goals, as an example? No. Two pieces of advice I would give you. Number one, everything is health. No matter if you're healthy, you can get a job, you'll make some money. If you're not healthy, then all bets are off. Number two, and we talked about this, and Casey and Paul should know this going in, is picking the right woman to marry. If you pick a bad woman, you're in trouble. She'll ruin your life. And it goes both ways. You know, you have a bad man, ruin your life. And so to find that person that you love and want to spend the rest of your life with, is very important. Now, some, it takes a couple tries. I'm on my second. Tom, you're on your first. Your dad's only on his third. So, I mean, we, we've got some got some things going on, but guys, you've got to pick the right woman. And Tom, you would agree with that, right? Well, there is, there is absolutely zero doubt about that. Uh, Casey, you're obviously very comfortable. I mean, you've already bought the ring. Yep. Uh, and Paul, you're probably not all that far behind if you can dig yourself out of, and I guess you've dug yourself out of the Taylor Swift debacle. Yeah, true. Yeah, but <clears throat> that set the ring prices back a little bit. With the price of those <laughs> <Yeah>. tickets. <laughs> That's tough. I can't. I can't. I can't afford these rings, Casey. Like you can. Yeah. Just just remember what I told you at the Taylor Swift concert, right? When oh, that's right. Or whatever. Make sure you get some phone numbers from all the other women that are there because that is a great pickup place. I've been to a Taylor Swift concert. You'll get numbers left and right. Just just for your next girlfriend you, when you guys finally break up or get a divorce. <laughs> hey Tracer, I got this. Uh, I got this uh, sweatshirt on. The Pioneer League. Did you ever play in the Pioneer League? I don't think you no, did, did you? No, I didn't play. You look like Fetterman. Fetterneck with that uh, hoodie on. You know that senator from Pennsylvania? I know who went? he is. Yes, yes. That the that, that the that the uh, that the highly competent and intelligent people of Pennsylvania voted into office here recently. But but yeah. please carry on. Yeah, right. Um, voted a man. Um, that uh, never played the Pioneer League. I think that's uh, Billings. Is that the Reds and the Pioneer Well, League, the right? yes, the Reds were in Billings forever and a day. I, in fact, I think, because uh, I spent some time in the Pioneer League this summer. It was up there in, in three or four different towns in Montana, and, and they spread through Montana and Idaho, and now a number of teams in Colorado. Uh, they got it going on. Uh, but they are no longer Major League Baseball affiliated. You may remember that whole thing a couple of years ago when uh, they got rid of, I think it was 40 teams total, yeah. Uh, that were minor league affiliates. So now that's independent ball, although it's, it's a much higher level, uh, many believe, because of the way they're paying the players uh, and all these kinds of things. But it's too bad because that, that is, that's a great league. And some of the greatest Reds of all time, Tracy Jones notwithstanding, played for the Billings Mustangs. Yeah, I think Cal Daniels hit like 475 in that league. <laughs> yeah. Cal was a pretty good hitter. Yeah, that's, a lot of those guys played in Billings, and it was kind of 
weird. I mean, I played in Eugene and Tampa for a ball, but never Billings. But I, I actually went to ball games in Billings because Hunter played in the Pioneer League. So I got a chance to, to go. Isn't that Spokane? There's some teams up there as well in the in the Pioneer League. But there's there's some very neat cities. Very yes, nice. Very, very nice indeed. Um, fellas, do you guys have anything? I, I didn't mean to cut you off real quick. It just came to mind to ask Tracy. And then I remembered you had talked about um, your relationships in the different towns uh, that you were playing in as a minor leaguer and how everywhere you went, you continued to upgrade. So that's what right. made me think of that. Right. Yeah. I, <coughs> sorry, I'm a little hoarse today. Yeah, I do have a question for Tracy, actually. Go ahead. Oh, go so, ahead. Yeah, Tracy. Oh, so uh, Lizzie and I started dating five years ago in about two weeks. Uh, how do I handle this situation? What, five-year anniversary? Yeah, yeah, me? yeah. I mean, I know we're not, like, engaged or married, but, like, five years, I, I, you know, it's not one you can forget. No, clock is – you're taking her to the Taylor Swift concert, right? Well, yeah, but that's in June or July or whenever well, it is. So what? That carries over. That carries over Christmas, birthday, anniversary. That's good enough. Don't worry about what you're getting her. What is she getting you? That's a great question. I would love to what, know. She's, she says she she told me the other day that she had something that may not get delivered by the anniversary that may end up getting delivered by Christmas. And I said, look, oh. whatever works. Oh, yeah. You believe that one? I said, I said, whatever. Well, she did show me the shipping label. So I believe her on that one because I've pulled that card on her before. So I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. You asked her for she asked you for a shipping label at one time. What? Did you say you said you pulled that on her one? No, I'm saying I I got something for the anniversary that didn't come in time that ended up coming at Christmas that I just ordered a little late. But she knows that. I just I Tracy, you've never done such a thing procrastinated. like that today, right? Where you know you were supposed to, you're responsible and you're on the hook for something to be on time, and, and you were a little late getting around to it. You wouldn't make that mistake. Not not your second go round, right? Well. Boy, that's funny. You should say you have some really good questions. We're always patting you. Well, on you the know back the only reason you're... I ask good questions, Trace, because I'm listening. I'm trying. Because you to, are. I'm very. I, I'm trying. My, my wife would not agree with that statement, but I am. I'm trying to listen better. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. I never took my wife on a honeymoon. And why not? She had to work or what? I don't know. I just. I said I'll, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. And once in a while, she'll she'll say to me, you know, you still owe me a honeymoon. We've been together like 20 years. We've been married 13. But I actually did not take her on a honeymoon. Now, I think I've made up for her. But that was kind of weak on my part, don't you think? I think it's it's really weak. Uh, and perhaps you could, what you could do is, um, since you're going to be traveling here coming up pretty soon uh, to Mariner's Fest, to uh they don't have expos fest unless they have it in DC. the hell they don't but you know but you know what you could do is is you could have a long week-long stay say after tigers fest up in detroit this time of year winter time's really nice in detroit <laughs> detroit's a horrible city and you know that that is a terrible place hey i have a question for you tom Please. and, I, and I, this is a serious question I go to Los Angeles, and and this is honest to God. When I go there, 
people always ask me about Cincinnati. Always ask me about Cincinnati. Even when I was a kid, they would ask me, you know, people would be talking about Cincinnati, right? My dad would talk about Cincinnati. Maybe you could play for the Cincinnati Reds. That was my dad's favorite team. Yeah. Back in the 70s, Cincinnati was it. It was almost like Hollywood is to California, right? People talking about Cincinnati. The people from Cincinnati back in the 70s. Let me give you some names. Uh, there's some big-time names. This is why people are always talking about Cincinnati when I was growing up. Paul Brown. The Big O. Jerry Springer. Pete Rose. Johnny Bench. Larry Flint. Marty. My question for you. You know Larry Flint. Do you I know who Larry Flint too? is, yes. What? Okay. Simon Lease. Yeah. You know, Big league operator, Simon Lease. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hope would always talk yes. about Cincinnati. You know, Bob Hope's from Cleveland. Yeah. And I've heard he, Bob, But he Johnny, came here a lot to hang out with Johnny Bench back in the old days. Well, I'll tell you who he always talked about. Bob Braun. Always talked about him. I mean, you go way, way back. My question for you, Tom, what was it like growing up in the 70s around all those people? Because I'm well, you sure know, you got a chance so to meet interesting them. You, it's so interesting you asked that question because I, I was sharing this with my son uh, not too long ago about how um, uh, up at Kings Island at the golf course up there, uh, which they, mm -hmm. they've done a beautiful job in maintaining that whole thing. I think it's 36 holes up there, whatever it is. Anyway, um, there used to be a PGA event there every year. Johnny Bench was really involved. Kings Island was a big deal. That's another big talking point because if you remember, Tracer, that was Brady on Bunch. the Brady Bunch. Right, right. Yes. So, yes. you know, that was a big deal. And, uh, and Bob Hope used to come in every year. I remember one time when I was uh, right out of college uh, and working at Channel 5 where uh, Bob Hope came in with Johnny Bench. Yeah. They were very, very good friends. Brooke Shields came in. I had a chance to meet her. I was about 22. She was about 25. She Wayne didn't even Heine. give me a second look, Tracer. Didn't even give me a second look. Oh, I'm sure. But what was it like? It had to be cool, Tom, to, to, to get a chance to meet all those people back in the 70s. It, it, it was amazing. It? it was amazing. I mean, I, I tell the story all the time. When my dad got the job, we were living in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and uh, he was announcing the, the New York Mets AAA team. And so my mom and sister and me were not going to move to Cincinnati until I think it was like May. Um, and they wanted us to get in school for the last month uh, before uh, it got out for the summer. So we knew some kids. Anyway, um, went down to Tampa, Florida, where the Reds were training, as you well remember. Yep, and, absolutely. And uh, went down into the Reds clubhouse with my dad and the first four people that i met that day as a 10 year old were yeah. pete rose johnny bench joe morgan and tony perez each of the four handed me yeah. a glove and a bat welcome to cincinnati i have no idea where any of those bats or any of those gloves are now it doesn't matter back in those days you were using them you know what i mean you were using them and uh it was pretty amazing uh pretty amazing and then you know um, you know, as, as, um, as time would go by, uh, it's amazing. Thank God for it. You know, when I started announcing the Reds games, 
Mm-hmm. Roughly about 14 years later, the manager was Pete Rose and my broadcast partner was Johnny Bench. See, it doesn't get any better than that. Doesn't get You're any better a very now. lucky no. man. No, that's a great, oh, very, great very, story. Very, very lucky. Did you know the cool? Did you know the cool ghoul? Did you ever meet him? I heard a lot. You know, about I, him. He, he gave me the creeps. <laughs> he was he really gave me the creeps. We first moved to town. All these people, these kids, I was making friends with. They were into the cool ghoul. I, I found the cat to be really creepy. How would you know about the cool ghoul? I know I, because we talked about Cincinnati. Cincinnati, when we talked about it, was in the 70s, in the 80s. Tom, the reason I signed with the Reds, I had a chance to sign with the Mets. But I said, no, I want to play in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati made a great choice, picked me number one in the country. And my dad looked at me and says, you got your wish. You're going to Cincinnati. How about that? I loved the mystique of Cincinnati, the famous Okay, one of my favorite movies, The Cincinnati Kid. Yep. Since with Paul Newman, right? That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. You don't see a Portsmouth kid, do you? Movie, no, you don't. Right? You don't and you don't a see a uh, you don't see a Hawthorne kid. No, no. At WKRP in Cincinnati. That's There's exactly another. right. That was a big deal. Uh, you know, we've got a woman in the chat here um, mm-hmm. that that Tracy is talking about how hot you are. Who's she talking about? She, she's talking about you. About you. you. Better shake yourself. That's that's probably my wife. Might be. 16. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What time you got to go to the dentist? Eleven. You got to get rolling. Is that what you got to do? No, I got I got it at. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I was thinking eleven thirty. That's what time I usually do this show. What a dumbass. But yeah, eleven o'clock. And then I'm going to the, the skin doctor next Thursday when I get back. Maybe I should do the show from there or something as I'm getting uh, You know what? I think burnt. you should. I think you should. But before I let you get out of here, you know, I, my dad is going to the Bengals game on Sunday. He shared that with us uh, yesterday. And I told him that you were going down. And I asked him his thoughts on you wearing your Tracy Jones Montreal Expos number 24 jersey to the game. Are you still considering that? Well, I and my wife had to, because i got a busy schedule. I'll be in Los Angeles. Remember, I've got that flight tomorrow at 7 o'clock. I forgot. She says, you can't go to the game because I did get a chance that someone was going to take me to the ball game because you know how I like Kansas City. But, yeah, I'll be in Los Angeles. First of all, wh- what did your dad say about me wearing a jersey? What he he was a little. He was just a little confused by the whole thing. Why would you bring that kind of attention to yourself by walking around with a Tracy Jones Montreal Expos jersey on at a football game? Okay, this is coming from a guy. Okay, that walks the mall with the H O F on on his back, <laughs> Hall of Famer, walking the mall in his jersey. He does. Come on, right? He does. He does it all the time. Keeps them in it. shape. What does this, this person say? They want to hear you and Marty call a Bengals game sometime. That's from Sir Boy Wonder, our good friend Sir Boy Wonder, who's on this program each and every day. God bless him. Marty can't do football. Marty knows nothing about football. No clue. Well, 
Well, wait, Tracy, let me ask you this question. So somebody in the chat says that you should be the next coach of UC. I want to ask you what your first order of business would be if you were the next Bearcats head coach. I would go get this quarterback from St. John Bosco. <laughs> well, I happen to see some highlights from Ella Urza Matt Modern Day. One of those quarterbacks is really good. That would be my first choice. Speaking of that, I was at uh, Walt's Hitching Post. You know who I saw? It looked like him. Was Deion Sanders? Oh my I don't God! Know what don't, don't start this! <laughs> don't start this! You saw Dion? Don't. Uh, he was don't. With, it was he probably told. Guy. He probably told you he was close to signing his contract, right? Yeah, he was with I think Pac Man Jones. They were going out clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what did you you, you, you weren't around when Dion was here? Obviously, um, what what are your thoughts, though, in all seriousness, about about Dion Sanders and, and and being the head coach at the University of Cincinnati? You have any thoughts on that? I think it actually could work. I got a lot of respect for Dion. I thought yeah. he was a hell of a baseball player. I thought he was really good, fastest baseball player I've ever seen. The only negative in his game was that he had a bad arm threw like a girl couldn't throw at all but i'm talking a guy who would go play football and then come and play baseball when he was doing that with the falcons and the braves i thought he was an outstanding baseball player he was so gifted um but he's doing a good job where he's at isn't he yeah he's I doing mean, a great job they're undefeated it? they're getting they're undefeated and they're getting ready to start the playoffs um and, and so you remember know, this good. guys yeah, remember this. When you're talking about a head coach, especially in baseball, it's about managing personalities and getting the guys to play hard for you. You know, Dusty, I saw your interview with Dusty, by the way, very good. Love Thank Dusty. You. But Dusty talked about being too hard on the young kids, they'll lay down. That was a great point. You've got to be able to manipulate, not manipulate, but understand different personalities. Because some kids... Some players you can get on, and others you got to build up. And, and that's a good manager. And that's exactly what Dusty Baker. I remember getting, in, getting into it with Pete Rose one day. And I says, why do you treat me, and I named a couple all ball players. I says, you get on us all the time. I says, why don't you get on so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so? Why don't you get on those guys? He says, Trace, I can get on you, and I know you'll play hard. You'll play for me. I get on those guys. They'll lay down. Yep. Right? Yep. Now, well, there's no doubt about it. And, and we had Bob Huggins yesterday. And, I mean, no one, I don't think, on the planet uh, challenges young men uh, to, to, to get every single ounce of, of grit and toughness and effort uh, out of a team or out of their players more so than he does. I found it interesting yesterday in the conversation with him uh, in asking mm -hmm. him about do kids want to be coached and coached hard uh, based on his experience and, and as time changed that through the years, he said he still thinks that they do want to be. Um, I, I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah, but I think it's a little different with Huggins. They know his personality. They, they know what they're signing up for. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, Huggins you're can right. be pretty tough. And like I said, you can't yell at every and treat every ball player the same. Do you remember when Keith Legree played point guard? Yes. You see? Yep. Remember when he's... Keith Legree was so scared dribbling the ball because Huggins was yelling at him. You know what I mean? He couldn't play. He was a pretty good ball player. He was a good player. But Huggins was he was kind of a little tough on certain ball players, and I think it affected him. They, they played 
like they were nervous. And you can never play sports when you're nervous. Well, That's you know, I still maintain all of this started with a participation trophy kind of atmosphere that was developed in your home state. You're going back out there to rub elbows with all those people. So, you know, why yeah. don't you talk to them and, about it? And, and it started in soccer. You know, you finish in last place, boy, you got that trophy. Aren't you? And, and your two boys, the Ham and Eggers, are probably the type that take their participation trophies and show them around, you know, right? That kind of put them on the mantle. Do you guys do that? Absolutely. They're displayed front and center. Yeah, I still got got MVP trophies. I don't even have them up in my office. I still got my runner-up Super Bowl peewee trophy just right above my my desk where I work at at my house. It's kind of like Marty. Marty has that World Series ring, right, that he wears. What position did Marty play? He doesn't wear a World Series ring. He he wears his Hall of Fame ring while he's walking around the mall with that Hall of Fame sweatshirt, HOF. Hey, Case, before I go, I've got one piece of marriage marriage (laughs) advice for you. Here we go. All right? You know you got to have separate bank accounts. Have we talked about this? I have not talked about this. We have not talked about this. Yes, this is important. Now, listen. Okay, listen, no joint accounts. What's yours is yours, and what's hers is yours. Do you understand that? Repeat after me what I just say. What's mine is mine, (laughs) and what's hers is mine. Bingo. Gotcha. She's normally watching, but I don't think she's watching today because we've not heard from her uh, today. So good luck tonight, Case. Good (laughs) luck tonight. Shut out. Yep. Case, you won't be pulling any wool tonight, I guarantee you. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably not. Tracer, good luck at the dentist. Safe flight tomorrow. I hope that uh, mother and daughter are co-pilots tomorrow on that flight to Los Angeles out of CVG. Then I'll take a later flight. <laughs> Get very nervous. All right, boys, you have a good weekend. Have a great you week. Too. Great to see you. See you, Tracy. I love that right. you repeated hey, after the tracer there. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised you followed that advice and and you she's walk she's down listening that road. She is. She's on. She's in oh, here. Wow. Oh yes, she is. Her reply was, he wishes that were true. Tracy just bullied you into that, Casey. I just want you to know that. Tracy just bullied you into that. You know, it's it's crazy because it's like Tracy is a leader of men or something. I mean, I just <laughs> follow in his No, there's his only direction. certain leaders of men. And, and, and when, when they are, you know it on this show. You might not know anything else about this show. But when there are true leaders of men... Potentially, one of them is interviewing for the University of Cincinnati football job as we speak. Because now, I'm telling you, I'm not saying you should get the job because I don't know. I'm not sitting there in the interview room, and I don't know what he's saying. But I'm telling you right now, if there is a guy that is going to be, if I had to bet on it, and I'm not a better, but if I had to bet on it, I am betting big money that somewhere, someplace, whether it's UC or somewhere else, Brian Hartline is going to be a leader of men. Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say Dion there. 
No, Dion's Dion's already a leader of men. He's down at oh. Walt's hitching post. You're just talking about a new leader of. I'm saying guys right. have to elevate themselves to that. There are other guys that fall off that that cliff. I think Jimbo Fisher's starting to to, to slide off that cliff. That's fair, right? Yeah. Well, he can recruit. Can't win. Well, I mean, when you got a pocket, you, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm saying they all that nil money they got down there. Which, by the way, again, I I know, I know, I know. There was a really interesting uh, conversation today on the Athletic about um, the NIL, and Jim Harbaugh has had a lot to say about that recently, um, and how his proposal, which has been unlike any other coach that I've ever heard, uh, he said that in the new Big Ten television contracts, plural, that they signed with uh, Fox and uh, ESPN and all this kind of thing, they should take all of that money and give it to the student-athletes. Do it. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Once educators get their money, hands on that money, it's not gonna it happen. just yeah. disappears. Not going to happen. Vanishes. Don't even know where it went. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. We got Zim Hooday coming up today at 11 to preview the Kansas City game. Uh, Casey, you have lined up for us tomorrow. Uh, Matt Lane, yep. who does a great job. You'll want to check this out. We had him on early in the year. Maybe you missed him. He's very active on Twitter. Uh, but he does a podcast. He covers regularly uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and um, he will be with us on the program tomorrow to preview the game, as will James Rapine uh, from the Bengals side of things. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to get into this whole um, Justin Reed thing. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know who Justin Reed is, he is a starting safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is the younger brother of Eric Reed, former um, safety in the National Football League. Uh, he did not play against the Bengals last year uh, in the AFC Championship game. So in this week of preparation to take on the Bengals, he was asked about the matchups and the potential matchups he could be facing as a starty, starting safety this go-round against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Well, we will share with you what he had to say. That's coming up next on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. All right, Tracy Jones, uh, kind enough to join us earlier today. Hey, are you still uh, drinking regular water? But did you know that alkaline water has been shown to have superior hydration benefits versus regular water in clinical studies? Well, this is a new premium alkaline water that's out. Pani is how you pronounce it, P-A-H-H-N-I. They're right across the street. They make it, bottle it, everything right here in downtown Hamilton, Ohio. Pani uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands are using. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for them. Please visit their website. That's Pani, P-A-H-H-N-I water. Dot com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water at a store near you. All right. Bengals report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Justin Reed is a starting safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mentioned a moment ago he did not play when the teams met in the... AFC Championship game last year. His brother, Eric Reed, 
got all kinds of pub, was a really good player, but all kinds of pub about, uh, you know, uh, standing behind Colin Kaepernick or kneeling with Colin Kaepernick, whatever the case may be, uh, when they played together in um, San Francisco. So do we have a clip of this? Is this what we're running? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to run his initial clip, the, the interview that he had with the reporter and what his initial statement was about his assignment. Okay. Miss tackles, explosive plays. Um, a lot of it's going to come down to making the play on the ball, you know. And they have 88 um, Higby. No, it's not. It's not Higby. It was with the Rams. Um, what's his name? It is Higgins. It's Higgins. Higby and Higgins. Uh -huh. They're going to have him back. He's a very talented receiver too. More of a finesse type of guy. Um, not the best blocker. Um, I'm going to lock him down. You know, <laughs> straight up. Uh, so. You know, we're going to have to come out of the game, like I said, play our best game and go out and do it. The big time, like some of the missed tackles. Okay, so you can clearly see what happens there. And I got to tell you, hearing it, I look at it a little bit different now than reading it. It goes to show you that seeing something, hearing something can be grossly um, uh, different than reading it. Uh, online or in a text or in a Twitter, this kind of thing. So, so what do you have behind this? So pr pretty much uh, after that conversation, um, all of Bengals Twitter saw that clip, um, including players like Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, um, and they all did not like what Reed had to say at all, regardless of how it sounded. It makes it sound like he just doesn't know who these guys are. Um, and he should. He should be threatened. I got to tell you, though, I got to tell you, Casey, uh, in all, all my years broadcasting in the National Football League, I got to tell you, um, I'm not surprised at all he doesn't know their name. Uh, and that is no knock on Reed. It's a Stanford guy. Uh, you can tell he's very articulate, well-spoken, good-looking kid, good smile, whole nine yards. Uh, and I'm not sitting here defending him. But what I can tell you is this. Whether you're talking to coaches, whether you're talking to players, okay? And, and there's some guys you're going to know who they are. I promise you he knows who Jamar Chase is. But look, when it comes to a safety and uh, the tight end for the other team, Obviously, in the Bengals, it's Hayden Hurst. It's not Tyler Higby, who does play for the Rams. He was right about that. He corrected himself once he said it. They, they don't know these guys' names. All they care about is, okay, their responsibility is number fill in the blank. That's all they care about. Because week to week, the names change, the numbers change. So you're defending I was him. ready to sit here and, and blast this guy. And after watching that, I'm like, are you kidding? Who, who cares? Seriously, if you're T. Higgins, who he clearly, you know, he asked a reporter, no, it's not Higby, it's who. The reporter wasn't paying attention to what he said, and he just throws out Higgins. And he says, all right, Higgins. I mean, what, Here, here's what some is of the, so bad about what he just said? Here's, Seriously. Here's some of the responses. I mean, Tyler Boyd clearly thinks he stinks. <laughs> 
Obviously, he, he used an emoji for a skunk there. And uh, Jamar Chase is wanting to put money on the game. Uh, you know, just the players did not like it one bit. DJ Reader also said something. I, I ha I'm having trouble finding that exact. Oh, here it is. Got to know your personnel better to be making promises. Because the dude, I think what they have Who issued, said that, Reader? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so I think what the issue that they have with it is that he made such claims like, oh, I'm going to lock that guy up. And he doesn't even know the guy's name. It doesn't matter that he doesn't know his name. It makes it's completely irrelevant he doesn't know his name. All he knows is when they're sitting in the defensive meetings is that his responsibility is the tight end. Is it? And it's not. Well, I'm just saying if, if that's what we're all ultimately trying to piece together here from that clip, it doesn't matter. He doesn't know his name. It's not a lack of respect. His job is to get ready. I wouldn't give it a hoot if if you asked Jesse Bates. You know, now Kelsey's a different cat. He's a whole different cat. I mean, let's be honest about it now. We Hold love on. Hayden Hurst and glad he's a Bengal. Hold on. So Travis Kelsey is a different animal. He is the best of the best of the best. He's the best tight end uh, in the NFL. He's one of the four or five greatest tight ends in the history of professional football. Hang on. You're going to know Hang who on. Travis Kelsey is. Hold on, Tom. Hold Do you, on. How many people outside of Cincinnati knew who Hayden Hurst was? Before he signed, and he played in the same division as the Bengals. Okay, I might be able to understand that if you were a fan. But this dude is a professional athlete. Which is more reason why it doesn't matter that he doesn't know the guy. And I'm not surprised at all. You'll sit there, and I'll be sitting. Back in the old days, I'd be sitting in, 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 with Brian Billick. And he's getting, you know, now, you know. He'd be talking about we would it wouldn't be a game we're necessarily doing, but he'd be sitting there. He says, "Watch '87," and then uh, Buddy Ryan would come in. We're doing a Cardinals game. He would sit there and say, "You know, '84, '81, '87." He had no idea who their names were. None. Most football coaches would tell you if they're telling the truth that they don't have time to worry about what guys' names are. They're worried about stopping a particular player with whatever scheme or personnel that they have. And all they care about is that player and their coaches knowing who, what that player's number is. That's it. Do you really think, no, no, seriously, Paul, you can chime in if you want to crawl out of the igloo over there. Um, do you guys really think, seriously, yeah, okay. That there yeah. are a lot of people in the National Football League who know that who Hayden Hurst is by name when they play the Bengals. He's like the sixth guy on the list. You're, I mean, it's no disrespect. I love the guy. But when you're getting ready to play the Cincinnati Bengals, right. and they, they're at full strength, and you got Chase, and you got Higgins, and you got Boyd, and you got Burrow, and you got Mixon, do you think for a second... That, that, that one of the, the, the top five names that are going to pop into their mind is Hayden Hurst? I got to be honest. The first time I heard this clip, I, I interpreted it as him talking about Jamar Chase. Because I, he tried to say the receiver, and then he said Higby, and then he went to Higgins and said he was coming back. 
And so then I was like, wait a second, does he think he's talking about Jamar Chase? And if that's the case, then that's that's to me a little different story. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean, get. He's, he's I don't really get caught up in all this. It just seems like it's to me. He's all over the place. And uh, is this guy I, any good? He's no, gotta he's, be good. He's not that good. He's gotta be. He's good. not that good. If he's starting for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's got to be a pretty good player. Oh, come on. I know their secondary the is not, you know, what some of the other teams are. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm looking at the chat right now. Uh, looks like Nathan and Sirboy Wonder had the same thought I did. Yeah. Can you play that one more time, Casey, just so I yeah, can? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. Now that I see the chat is kind of thinking along the same lines here. Yeah, I got I to gotta redig it up real quick. Because if, if we're going to talk about this, then we might as well make sure yeah, we... I'm going to pull it up here. Give me right. two seconds. And... All right. Play this clip one more time. Let me, let me think about it from a different angle. Let's put ourselves in his mind here and, and picture if he's talking about Jamar Chase. Okay. Right, here we go. Big time tackle. Like some of the missed tackles, explosive plays. Um a lot of it's going to come down to making the play on the ball, you know, and they have 88 um, Higby. No, it's not, it's not Higby. It was with the Rams. Um, All right, stop real quick. Stop. What's his name? Stop real quick. He yep. just said 88. what I said a minute ago. He made reference to the number of the player, not the player's name. And the first number wasn't Jamar Chase's number. It wasn't T. Higgins' number. It was specifically 88, who is Hayden Hurst. But please, go ahead. It is Higgins. It's Higgins. Higby and Higgins. Uh -huh. They're going to have him back. He's a very talented receiver, too. More of a finesse type of guy. He just said receiver. Uh, yeah, you're right. Now he's where he's getting confused. So now I'm wondering if he's just trying to be funny. Like, I wonder if he's just subtly trying to be funny. Which, if he is, I'll be honest, I'll give him the credit because that's pretty funny. Let's just keep listening. I'm not the best blocker. Um, I'm going to lock him down. You know, <laughs> straight up. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to come out of the game, like I said, play our best game and go out and do it. I think he's just trying to be funny. Like, I think he is so all over the place. He was talking about Hayden Hurst. He was talking about a receiver. He, he mentioned three different Bengals in there trying to name one Bengal. I think he's – I think it's a shtick. It could be a shtick. Well, and if it's a shtick now – now, I will get – I will – I will – get on him a little bit if it's a shtick because it's a stupid shtick <laughs> it's it's just stupid yeah because look what has transpired since he did it okay whether whether you agree with it or disagree with it uh and what he meant or didn't mean or whatever it might be all of a sudden you got people like that old bulletin board material kind of thing you, yeah. you've given the opposition and the last thing any coach wants in any sport is handing the other team the, the the smallest little thing, that extra little push, that extra little motivation, that extra little spark. And if some perceive this as being that, that that'll put on a uniform for the Bengals on Sunday, not a good stick. No, and the thing is he's not really a great safety. Well, let me he's... back up a second now, because I was just I was just looking up. So he comes out after his junior year at Stanford. Okay, he selected in the third round, unexpectedly fell from the first or second round and was considered at the time to be one of the top steals of the 2018 NFL draft. 
Okay? Um, he has been a starter everywhere he's been. This is his first year in Kansas City. So it wasn't that he was out hurt. He didn't play for Kansas City last year. First four years he played in the league, he started uh, all but four games his rookie year and started every game ever since. This guy can't be a stiff. Well, I, I won't sit here and act like he's not a, a, a great athlete. I mean, the dude's in the NFL. But he's not like a star. He's not like some guy that deserves to be talking about shutting some guy down when he gives up 100 yards a game. Like, Well, does he give up 100 a game? I don't know how much he gives up. I don't I'm know what saying. he gives up either. I'm, I'm just saying. Would you rather a guy on your safety. team, if this were Jesse Bates, would you rather Jesse Bates come out in an interview and say, A, I'm going to shut this guy down, or say, B, boy, I'm giving up 100 yards a game. I'm going to get my ass beat. He could have said it's a tough challenge and I'm up for the challenge. He, he didn't say that, though. He said, I'm going to shut him down. Uh, that'll be easy. I'll shut him down. So nonchalant about it. He doesn't even know the guy's name. And you got to shut him down? <laughs> okay. Oh, right. you're going to get a rude awakening from when Hayden Hurst comes around for the crack block and just lays your ass out. Well, he, that might be coming. And that's why I say you find that extra little sliver because if indeed that happens, you can rest assured that if, if Hurst gets that shot and it's a clean shot and he lights a guy up, when he's laying on the ground, you can take it to the bank. Like the sun rising in the east at Hurst will say, oh, by the way, 88 is Hayden Hurst. Right. And that, that's – if he's not talking about Hayden Hurst, though, even if he was – he mentions a receiver. Like, that's – he's like, oh, he's a great receiver. I, I wouldn't be talking about any of those receivers the Bengals have like that. There's no, there's no guarantees that you're going to lock up any of those guys up. All right, so. before we get to Zim Hude, we, we spent enough time on Justin Reed, and we'll see how things go for him um, on um, – Sunday. Sunday at 425. Um, is it 425? 425 kick. So it is, it is the of... national game. I mean, it's the biggest game in the NFL this week by far. And it's a 425 kick at Paycor Stadium. I assume that means that Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be on the call. You, a matter of fact, I don't even have to look it up. Yeah, they, they'll probably be on the There's call. no doubt about it. That is uh, the back end of a CBS doubleheader. And that will be Nance and Romo in a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. They called that last year too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Trace, or uh, sorry, Brandon just sent us a, a picture. I don't know if we can get it up. Might be too long to get up here, but Deion Sanders put a picture up on his Instagram of somebody wearing a Deion Sanders Cincinnati shirt. Ooh, Deion put it up. Is that confirmed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on. It's on his Instagram. And it's actually Brandon's Photoshop. On Brandon Seho's photo. Brandon Seho photoshopped Dion wearing a, a Cincinnati shirt. Somebody that quickly turned around and put it on an actual shirt. And that has now made it on a Dion's Instagram. Dion. Leader of men. Leader of men. If Chatterbox isn't partially responsible for him coming to Yeah, do we UC? get a cut? We should at least get season tickets. Now, you know, here's yeah. something I, I haven't thought of until anyway. now. Um, look this up for me, fellas, if you don't mind. Um, 
Jackson State plays at the level, and this is the one thing that, 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 that for the life of me through the years, I've never understood okay. um, about the NCAA, uh, which no longer technically governs uh, what we know as the college football playoff, and that was, of course, preceded by the, uh, preceded by the BCS. And, you know, and I never bought into it when I'd hear these elitist university presidents and I'd hear all these athletic directors high and mighty saying, oh, you can't ask these guys to play three and four more football games. Well, they do it at one double A. They do it in division two. They do it in division three. They play a tournament just like basketball does for football. And the NCAA runs the thing. Okay. It's out of their hands now at the division one uh, level. Uh, they've moved on from all of that. But Jackson State starts the playoffs, right? Here pretty soon? They're yeah. at the level? Yeah, they're FCS. Yeah, they have their conference championship game this week. Okay, their conference championship, and then they'll start the playoffs, correct? Yes. Okay, so um, he, here's what, what I didn't think of until just now. Let's use the Deion Sanders uh, throw it up there. scenario of – Do you want me to throw up that image real quick? Yeah, let's see it. All right. So that's that's the uh that's on his on his Instagram, right? Oh wait, that's from Pac-Man Jones. Well, Dion retweeted Pac-Man. Or he, he reposted. He, he yeah, 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 but I didn't even realize who posted it originally. It's Pac-Man. So maybe Pac-Man was with Dion at Walt's hitching post. <laughs> 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 yeah, one of our female fans, I mean, she's all over uh, going out clubbing with Dion and, um, and, uh, and Pac-Man. She's all in. Uh, but anyway, what, what I was getting at is this, okay? And we talked about this yesterday about, you know, Brian Kelly, the way he left both UC as they were going into a BCS game, left Notre Dame uh, as they're getting ready for a big bowl game. Um, and that Luke Fickle did not do that, and how because they're not playing in a New Year's, New Year's Six game, maybe he still would have done it, I don't know, but he certainly wasn't going to do it last year before the college football playoff. I just wonder, um, does this whole Dion thing of his team playing in the Jackson State playing in the playoffs, they're undefeated. Um, I have to wonder, and, and, and maybe there's no parallel, but, but I mean, there is from a straight ethical standpoint. Um, is if he's offered the job, would he leave his team? Ooh, sure. Oh, they don't go to the playoffs. Get up here, Brandon. Yeah, get up here. All Brandon. right. So I'm don't. glad you're clarifying this because I wasn't Watch sure about this. Okay. My understanding is because the SWAC is a black black school, primarily uh, African American school, HBCU right? HBCU school. They play in the SWAC conference, which I used to cover Southern, who they're playing in the SWAC championship this weekend. Because they have an agreement to play in the Celebration Bowl, the SWAC SWAC gets paid a certain amount of money. The other conference of the HBCU schools gets paid a certain amount of money. They're not eligible for the playoff because they're they automatically go. The SWAC champion automatically goes to the celebration bowl. okay 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 so that that answers that All so right. i would imagine but it, even still okay um if his obviously that's their goal when the season begins if you play at that level and you play in that conference okay is to to win all your games to play in the in the championship game and then to go be a part of that bowl game 
Does that prevent, if he's offered the job, and I don't know that he is, I have zero insight to this whole thing, does that prevent Deion Sanders from leaving his team and coming to the University of Cincinnati? There's no way. Man. Why? If the ultimate goal at the school he is coaching at now, which in theory is no different than the ultimate goal of Ohio State, of TCU, of Alabama, of Michigan, Georgia, fill in the blank. If that's the ultimate goal and you don't want to leave or it would look bad if you left your team, what's the difference? Does it really matter to look bad, though? Well, yeah, again, I mean, I mean, you know, we get back to around here. I mean, guys like Brian, Brandon Sayo, they walk around, and, and, and he's, he's one of tens of thousands around here that all they do is walk around and bash Brian Kelly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not bring, sure. You bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. I think because it, it, it's, a, it's a personal thing for Dion. I think. That's right. I, he has so much more ties, and he, he's built up a brand of being this guy that has built up Jackson State to what it is now. And he's brought in all these kids from all sorts of different levels. I mean, like the top corner and then the, the world – or not the world, but the, the nation at the time when he was recruited – I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I seriously doubt it, though, because he said he would pick a school by Sunday. That, that, report, that, that report was not, not accurate? It was someone else said it wasn't accurate, so I don't know what's accurate. Hmm. Well, Tracy Jones says uh, he was hanging out at uh, Walt Ditching <laughs> With Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> With Pac-Man. I mean, knows him yet? No, he's here. He's here. He's just, here. Just All right. Oh, and look at this. I want to get to our man Zim Hoodie. He's out now. in the woods. Oh, my God. Look at this. Look at this. Now, Zim, you better not be stepping outside and getting spotty reception here, man, because you're a woodsy man. As we've talked about many times, you're out in out among nature. Is it? Is Am I good? Is my you're good. You're good. You you're good. looking good out there, man. I was worried about the Wi-Fi traveling out here. I was, I, I said, oh man, I gotta go on with Tom. And, and ironically, I do take some time to get outside and you know, I don't know if it's woods me uh, or woodsy or whatever, but you gotta get out there and just, you know, just breathe sometimes and get your phone. I had my phone in the house. I just ran in and got it. But sometimes I just sit out here. You gotta think, get away from the stuff, clear your mind and, and tap into your inner Tom. Tap, in, tap into your inner Casey, you know what I mean? So, like, that's what I was doing this morning. So, uh, are, are you close to the koi there, or, or or what? No, that's in the front. I'm in the back. <laughs> Wait a minute. You have an estate that calls for you to have a koi pond in the front yard? They don't do any. They don't mess with me out here. I'm out here in the woods, bro. I do whatever I want out here. <laughs> <laughs> One day, if I had if I had good reception, I would take you on a trail. I, I dug out a trail back here, but I kind of ride four wheelers and I walk back here and stuff. So, yeah, that's why I live out here, so I could just do this stuff. So you, I mean, you, you you're really a guy, Zim, on so many levels, and 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 that that really is not only tuned into football and your family and all that kind. Of, but I mean, you are one with God and nature and all that kind of thing. When you're, you're just walking outside and trying to, 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 to clear everything out and just bring everything down the temperature a little bit, right? Am I right on that? 
You got to. You know, I am an evil villain online. Don't, you know, don't get it twisted. So you got to have a little bit of confidence. You got to be able to uh, distinguish what is good information, what is like fluff, you know, all that stuff like that. And if you stay in the same thing, you know, you don't really get a different perspective. I'm always interested in hearing everybody's different perspectives on whether it's football or wherever they're from. I think that's very interesting. I know every time you talk to somebody, you usually ask them like, hey, like, where are you from? You know, and, and that's the yeah. great thing about life is like you get a chance to like figure out like, OK, like this is a new perspective. And that's very interesting to me as well. All right, let me ask you then your perspective, because we, we, we were going back and forth about this uh, before you came on the program. What, what, what's your whole read on this Justin Reed thing and, and the comment he made yesterday? And, you know, I, I didn't think it was a big deal. It's one thing to read it. It's another thing to watch it. I, I mean, I think it's a big deal because I think a lot of these guys, they just know the other players on the other teams by a number as they're preparing right. in the film room to get ready for him every week. Did, did you think this was a big deal? I do. I do. I, I, I'm going to tell you why I think it is a big deal. A lot of their fans, like, we talk to them uh, on Twitter spaces and we interact with them on Twitter, and it's so crazy to me that after losing to us twice, they still think that everything is exclusive to them. They think that uh, Chris Jones missing on Joe Burrow, like, that doesn't happen every single week. They were like, I mean, that'll never happen again. I'm like, you got to watch the Bengals play. Joe Burrow makes somebody miss up front every single week. Uh, they think that Lou Anarumo dropping his, uh, uh, eight into coverage is something that was exclusive to them. I'm like, this is what happens every single week. And they don't really educate themselves on our players. Whereas I feel like the Bengals fans, we go and look up the stats. We go look up my, my good friend, uh, uh, Andrew Russell uh, with PFF. He, he immediately went to the Justin Reed stats. Like, we don't talk trash. We go look into this stuff. And then when you start to tell people the truth, they get mad and be like, oh, you're talking trash. You notice that he started that. And then I thought this is the part where I think it's really important. Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and DJ Reed aren't guys that go on Twitter and tweet stuff. And if they do that, I feel like they're really confident in the, in the matchup that they have ahead. And furthermore, I think that the last time I saw somebody call the call out the wide receivers before the game, it was Wink Martindale, and you know how that ended. Uh, essentially put up a 1,000 yards on him, and he got fired. So, you know, like, I just – I think that's a big deal. They were saying, like – Chiefs fans were like, hey, I think um, it's really cool you guys are going back and forth. I was like, I don't think it's cool for you guys. I really don't. I think our guys are savages, and they look for, like – they don't need any of this to bring them up. But if they feel slighted, they will go and seek you out. And, and I think that's really important to know. I think it's a big deal. Is he a good player? I mean, he's got to be a good player, right? He starts for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, come on. He's not starting for, you know, for the Atlanta Falcons or somebody like that. Or the Texans. Currently, he did, currently, right, now, he, currently right now, he did play for the Texans. Well, I know, but he got <laughs> so, drafted by the Texans. There's nothing he can do about that. But, I mean, he was sought after in free agency – by the Kansas City Chiefs. Somebody will have to fact check me on this. I think he was hurt for this game, but the last time that I remember seeing him, and I think, was when T. Higgins, remember when Brandon Allen played Deshaun Watson and the Texans? Yeah. Brandon Allen had player of the week, and then T. Higgins had a, a touchdown in the back of the end zone. I think it was number 26, but if it was number 20, that was Reed, but I'm pretty sure he was hurt, so I might be a little off. 
But that was the last time that I saw them on a, on that defense, and he played on a bad defense. Currently, right now, updating. He's relinquishing 75% of the throws thrown his way. He's ranked 42 out of 50 safeties in the National Football League. That is a crazy tall task for somebody to be talking and saying things like that, and you know you're not one of those guys. Well, there. I mean, where do you go? Where do you go when you get the information? You go to Zim Day. <laughs> That's a big league operator right there. Just drop that on us. How about that number right there? All right, hey, look, I'm doing some uh, research, getting ready for the game. Patrick Mahomes has done something here in the last six weeks that's only been done by two quarterbacks in the history of the league, Dan Marino and most recently Drew Brees in 2012, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. He's thrown for 320 or more yards in six straight games. You even said yourself, you even said yourself that you were a little bit concerned about this Bengals secondary without a Wouzier, we know he's gone for the year. What right. are your thoughts on that matchup? I think that the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to put it into perspective like this. If he doesn't throw for 320 yards, they're not going to win the game. In, 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 in retrospect, in, in, to, to look at the, the – in contrast, let, let's look at Joe Burrow. Do you feel the same way about Joe Burrow and the Bengals winning the game? Like he has to throw for 320? No. Advantage Bengals. All right, but I'm asking you, do you think the Bengals have the personnel? We've talked about the lack of a quote-unquote pass rush, okay, outside really of Hendrickson, occasionally push from Reader in the middle when he's healthy, occasionally Hubbard coming from the outside. Hubbard's playing great, but not known as an elite pass rusher. Um, do, do you worry they can stop this Kansas City passing game? I think I, – I hate to go to last year, but it was so recent. It was just nine months ago. Imagine if you didn't start off 21-3 or you weren't down 14 in the first game. Like, you know, like I just think that they have to get out to a big start if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Because throughout the game, the Bengals are going to get more information with Lou Anarumu, and I think they're going to stop him. If you go look at, like, the Chargers, like, like I, I know this might be like a homer take. Sure, sure, Patrick Holmes is more than capable of getting 320 yards. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Let me preface it by saying that. I think that he's more than capable of doing it. I think it's less likely that he has, like, this astronomical game than the Bengals for the reason of, they just haven't seen the level of wide receivers in the offensive firepower. Hold on, there's a plane going by. <laughs> that might be a UFO. A You're so far out there in the sticks there, Zim. Uh, it, it might be a UFO. It's a lot of planes out here. All right, so, but he had to have a game like that, or he has to have a game like that for them to be even in the game. Whereas Burrow could go for 220, two touchdowns, and mix in P. Ryan put a you know put it together for like 100 something yards and the Bengals clear. I just think that sure Patrick Mahomes could have a lot of yards, but I don't think that that necessarily means a Chiefs victory. The 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 Chiefs defense is the 32nd ranked defense in the red zone in the National Football League. The Bengals are the number 2 red zone offense in the NFL this year. The Chiefs haven't won in Cincinnati since 1984. I wasn't even born yet, Tom. 
So, like, when people tell me, like, a lot of this stuff about the Chiefs, this is not the Patriots. Remember, we battle with guys that won six championships. We battle with guys that have won two championships on a weekly basis. When people talk to me about the Chiefs, I see the one Super Bowl. Imagine if the Bengals would have lost 31-9 in the Super Bowl. Do you know what people would have been saying? They don't already give us context or anything for losing a essentially a home game where a team like the Rams were in their own home locker room. They didn't even have to go into a away locker room. They played in their home field with their own home uh, locker room, and the Bengals lost by one play in that game. Do you think that the Chiefs coming into here, who just gave up yards, at, like they gave up 30 points to the Chargers with no Keenan Allen, no Keenan Allen in, a, in a depleted wide receiving core? Again, Tom, I'm telling you, I get it. The Chiefs are going to get yards, and Patrick Mahomes is going to do something special. But they do not win this game if he doesn't have a great game. I can't say that I, the the clear advantage of the overall defense being a top 10 defense, just like I said last on Tuesday, is a big advantage. The Chargers play a lot. I mean, I'm sorry. The Chiefs play a lot of teams in their division that have poor defenses and aren't trench ready. When the Chiefs played the Titans a couple of weeks ago, they barely got out of that game, and the Titans beat them up in the first half of that game. And Pat Mahomes threw the ball 69 times. If you throw the ball anywhere close to 40-something times, it either means that the Bengals are killing you or you have a bad game plan and Lou Anarumo is going to kill you. This is not the matchup that people think it is. You know, Zim, I think they ought to bring you in as a sideline reporter with Jim Nance and Tony Romo for this week's game. Oh, Tony Romo. You know what? Let me ask you this. Seriously. How do you think you would do as, you know, could you get through a broadcast? If all of a sudden, you know, the world's turned upside down and they need Zim Hude to do the (laughs) play-by-play or probably be the analyst for this game. Do you think you could get through that game without one slip of the tongue? I'm no Tom Brenneman now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that can go both ways, Jim. As we know, that can go both ways. It can go go any type of way. Uh, But from a professional standpoint, I am a chameleon. Uh, I will go off. I ra- honestly, I'm, I'm gonna give you a real answer. I'd rather call a game that isn't the Bengals, honestly, because I don't want to come across like how Tony Romo and those guys do it. As as a fan of football, it is really, really. It, I don't want to use a. Uh, I, I was gonna say sickening. It's just really dis. It's disingenuous to the sport of football to look at a football game from a one-sided lens. Like, if I know I want the Bengals to win really, really bad, I wouldn't even do that to the sport of football. Like, I'd rather call, like, another game. I got you. I got you. You know, and one final thought. I really believe this, and it was suggested by uh, Sir Boy Wonder. Um, I think that – and I really mean this. I 1,000% I, 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 I mean this. I think that you should be ruler of the jungle for one of these home games. <laughs> They say that to me sometimes, and I'm like, man, there's so many people I think that are far, far more worthy than it. You know, it's I like don't know about that. I don't know about that. There's no way Pac-Man was more worthy than you are. What? Pac-Man no. Jones? No, no, no. Hey, let me no tell, let me way give y'all he insights. was more worthy than Zim Hude. 
Let me give y'all an inside scoop, and I hope and he won't mind this. One guy, I don't know if y'all saw this on Twitter. I'm in constant contact with Vontez Burfick, right? Yeah. So this is one of my guys that I really, really like. Um, uh, beautiful daughter, amazing guy, always treated me with respect. He's part of the reason why I got bigger on Instagram. I proposed to the Bengals. Like, now, now check this out. Burfick would have been ruler of the jungle week one, running out, you know, playing the Steelers. But I didn't know this until after the fact. But he welcomed the idea of it, and I, I pitched it to the Bengals, like, probably like a week or two ago. And so I, I just run off so many guys that I just think are so much more worthy of it than me. Like, like I told you before, like, I don't really – I don't really care about me as far as like what it is to the Bengals. Like when the Bengals win, everything in my favor will be, you know, like me and you will have drinks at the Super Bowl. All the things that I want, all the moments that I want to create, all center around the Bengals winning. Like me being a ruler of jungle isn't something that I really care about, to, honor, to tell you the truth. Like I just want the Bengals to win. Well, you know, like if they, if they ask me to do it, I would act, I will have a long list of items that I have to do, and I don't think that they will like it. <laughs> wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I was gonna let you go on that note, but wait, wait a second. You mean to tell me if the the Bengals ask you to be ruler of the jungle, you're gonna come to them with a laundry list of items that they would have to agree to? Tell me, tell us just one or two of those. What would they be? Can I curse one time? Oh, go ahead. You can curse as much as you want. I would have to get on the microphone and say, fuck the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just couldn't. I would be doing a disservice to everything that everybody came. You know, like, I get energy from the people commenting. They'd be like, Zim, you should say this. You should say, I couldn't go out there and just be hush-hush. Now, doing a sports broadcast like that question you asked me earlier, that's totally different. If I'm going to be Zim Hude out there, I got to drop. I got to drop. The mic out there, I got to go crazy. I got to run around it. They got to let me run around the stadium, uh, around Paycor. I need to do a full lap. There's some items that have to be done if they were to make me roll the jungle. And if well, it wasn't like that, I don't want the people to see it like that. They need to get turned up on a different level. They need to see this Zim Hude stuff go, like, out of this world. Well, I think that Casey and Paul and Brandon collectively uh, allegedly have some kind of pull with um... – Katie Brown, Katie Blackburn, uh, and perhaps, Katie. you know, goes right all the way up with, with Troy and, 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 and Mike. And so I, I think we ought to try and make it happen. Zim, we're going to check back you with you that next week. What's that? Talk, 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 talk to Elizabeth. She'll vouch for me. That's, 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 that's a person that really, I think she likes what I do. I know that she watches a lot of my moves, so. That's somebody that 100% will be on board with it. But I don't know if everybody else in that building would be, but she I, would. I think they would be. I mean, you had the other day the one, the one clip that we put up on social media. You have had over 10,000 people that have clicked on to hear you. one soundbite from Zim Hude. That's like Kim Kardashian yes. stuff. <laughs> Man, I got some moments. If you go back and look, I, I got some one million, you know, some viral moments. But like I said, they all center around the Bengals. And, you know, as long as I keep the energy towards the Bengals, everything is going to work itself out. And when the Bengals win, Tom, we all are going to win. All Cincinnati. Right. 
All right. When Cincinnati is right, you and our man Ace Boogie. Tell him I said hello. Best to your wife and I your son. And, uh, hey, and, hey, hold on. Uh, Let me say this one, one, one more quick thing. Yeah. Go to Winston, go to zimhooday.com. I'm doing a sale for everybody. Extended Black Friday sale. Promo code Burrow316. Go check my Twitter. But if you go check that out, 20% off everything, zimhooday.com. Well, what's the perfect stocking stuffer for a male Bengal fan and a female Bengal fan? If you had to pick one item on there, what would it be for each? The male one, I have a shirt. It's called the Glass Eaters, and it's like Lyle Collins eating glass, but I, I drew it like a um, like a Simpsons character. So I thought that was really good at the, the Ted Karras moment, so that's a good one for a guy. And then I think the Savage Mode one for the women because, you know, everybody's got to tap into their Savage Mode at some point. Amen to that. Amen to that, Jim. Uh, God bless you, my man. Uh, get, 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 get back out there to nature. We didn't mean to pull you away. We thank you for bringing us outside. Of your palatial estate. Is that a swimming pool? I used to be. I took it away. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Zim, be good, my I'm man. So Take scared. care of yourself. See you later. Look at that dude. Hops That's on. league operation he's got going on there. <laughs> Hops on, chops it up. He's off. Filled what in the swimming guy. pool. What a guy. I mean, he, he's got a big yeah. league. Big league operation. He really does. We're going to have to go there sometime. Just watch a game with him. Uh, uh, at home. Be, on, be on his Instagram live stream and going nuts with him. We, we do have some breaking news, not to totally. No, let's hear it, uh, please. Uh, I'm great. all for breaking this news. Is really big. But the uh, college football playoff just put out a press release officially announcing that the college football playoff will go to 12 teams for the 2024-2025 yeah. season. And then they laid out – it's pretty confusing, so I don't need to go through everything right now. Um, but they laid out basically how it's all going to work with where the games are going to be played and the semis. So it's the 2024 season, but that's the championship that will be played in 2025. So it's not going to happen It's not the two years year. from now. Yeah, this is three seasons. We have two more seasons of a four-team playoff. And then we'll go to the 12th. Yeah, a lot of this was, and I, I really had a hard time understanding it. Um, many of you, perhaps the same, or you, many of you are smarter than me. Uh, they, they were waiting for the Rose Bowl to sign off on this whole thing. Yeah, and they did. And, and, and so, yeah. So now, uh, obviously, that had to have happened. The Rose Bowl, uh, in a nutshell, wanted to protect its time slot of 2 o'clock Pacific time, 5 o'clock Eastern time. Moving forward, uh, they rotate – uh, the games, uh, at least for the next couple of years, for you know w w the semifinal game, championship game, blah blah blah, and so I guess they've signed off on this. Yeah. Game. So the 2024 quarters quarterfinals will take place in the Fiesta Bowl, Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar. Semis will be at the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. Doesn't say where the final will be. Uh, I read that the other day. I, yeah. yeah. I, I read where we. I mean, I'm drawing a blank. So now there. it's it's just nice to see that it's all laid out yeah, from, from the college football playoff. It's official. It's going to happen. So this season, next season, the season after are still the 14 playoff. And then it'll go. Well, to it, it's this playoffs. Then we have a whole another season playoffs. And then that next season will be a playoff or will be the, 
the new Yeah, that's yes. right. It's only next season we go through, and then it's a yeah. playoff. Sorry, the I said year. two. Yeah, two including this year. Don't do yes. math in public, yes. Paul. That's the second time in two days that I've screwed up the math in public. Yes. No one should do math in public. Yes, you're right. So we're going to 12 teams in two years from now. Yes. You got this year, you got 23-24, which is next fall. Yep. And then the following year, it will be a 12-team college football playoff. And, and all of that continues to get back to um, this whole UC thing. They can't miss on this deal. They just can't. Because um, if you look at this year, for example, and, and I'm only going by the rankings, and, and there are going to be stipulations in there about, you know, um, are conference champions automatically going to be in, all that kind of thing, you know, and, and you, could, you could get buried down in the weeds. But here's the point I'm making. If you look at this year in the Big 12, TCU and Kansas State are both ranked in the top 10. Top 10. And you've got every other conference covered there, okay? You've got two in the – you've got three, technically, in the SEC, okay, because Tennessee's in the top 10. you got the ACC covered with Clemson. you got the Big 10 covered twice, three times, with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. And I'm not saying all those teams would get in. But I'm saying because you're going to, again, you're going to be obligated to carry certain champions. You got the Pac 12 covered. You got USC in right now. Um, who am I missing? Talked about the Big 12 with two. Um, any, anywhere else I'm missing? I don't think so. Those gonna, are the Power Five. I'm going to put up the ESPN graphic of it real quick. Just of so what that, it would look like. Yeah. Well, just the top 12 teams or just the, the college football rankings, real quick, yeah. just so the viewers can see what what you're talking about. Just give me one second and I'll have it up. So this will be you the poll as you're looking you at it. This will be the poll. The only one that really on matters here is the one on, on the, the left, left. which yeah. is a college football playoff rankings. Now, you know, I, I don't know if there's obligations for a non-Power 5 conference team to automatically get in. Uh, I don't know all this. But, you know, like we said, you got two Big 12 teams TCU sits at three, will play number 10 Kansas State in the Big 12 Conference Championship on Saturday at noon. So you see, you know, Luke Fickle's walking out the door of one place, and I don't begrudge him at all, but I thought Paul Doherty made a great point yesterday. When the Big 10 brings in USC and UCLA, they're not going to have any more of this two-division thing. I don't think. You know, maybe you could slide one team over from the West into the East, but you'd still keep Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State all in the East. Um, and then over in the West, if you, you kept it, you could slide UCLA, USC, and, and do whatever you do. But chances are they don't. They do what the Big 12 does. They do what the Pac-12 does. They do um, that kind of thing. And you would, in essence... If it were this year, Ohio State and Michigan would have played last Saturday. They would be playing this Saturday for the Big Ten Conference Football Championship. Okay? Um, and, and now Luke Fickle's walking into Wisconsin. And it, it, in years past, is Wisconsin capable and actually beaten Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State? Yes, they have. When Barry Alvarez was there, they won three Rose Bowls. They can do it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, would you like your chances better of being a top two Big 12 team moving forward? 
especially knowing Texas and Oklahoma are walking out the door. And in truth be told, for the last couple of years, neither Texas nor Oklahoma has even been a factor in the Big 12 championship game. So this UC thing is a big deal, who they're going to hire. This is a big deal. Because what Luke Fickle has done is amazing in putting this program in a, in a position to walk into the Big 12 next year. And I, I know the quarterback thing is going to be, you know, it's going to be you're, you're walking into where there are no more layups like there used to be in the American. And there were lots of layups in the American. It was better this year. UCF has a good team. Tulane has a good team. You know, but – Big 12 next year, you better bring your lunch every week. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I, and, again, that goes back to the decision that John Cunningham's going to have to make on whether he tries to go for the splash and get Dion or whether he, I don't want to say plays it safe, but finds somebody that maybe is more of a mainstream type of guy like a Heartline or something like that who's been at the big program. I just don't see how you can't how you can't make an offer to him. I mean, the dude Dion? is so, yeah, the, I'm with he's you. so influential. I'm uh, with you. Well, but he, he's got such a big presence. But, the, the, but that, that yeah. Group. Okay. But just because he's got a big presence and charisma, can he coach it at that level? I'm not I, saying he can't. I'm just saying if you're John Cunningham and you put yourself in that position, you're not taking a chance on the character and the charisma. You're taking a chance on, who is going to win you football games? And does Deion Sanders or Brian Hartline give you a better chance to win football games? That's all that matters, winning football games. Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I'm not saying that you're incorrect, Paul, in that assessment, but I will say one thing. You know, um, at least Deion Sanders, and, and I don't care what level it is because I think it was pointed out accurately in our conversation yesterday with, uh, with, with Paul Dockery or two days ago. Nobody knew who Brian Kelly was. No clue. Grand Valley, well, actually, he had already left Grand Valley State and gone to Western or Central Michigan. Brian Kelly? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Central Michigan or Western Michigan. Which one is it, Brandon? I can't remember. I think it was Central Michigan. Okay, yeah. So Central Michigan. Same thing with Butch Jones. Um, And look, there are guys all over the place. Nobody had heard of Jim Tressel. When Ohio State hired him. Yeah, the, the inside football people in Ohio, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But nobody saw that coming. The point I'm making is this, is that I don't care what level it is. The one thing Dion has over Heartline, as an example. Kerry Combs, as an example. Um, certainly Gino Gadulli is that he has been a successful head coach. You're absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. And there, there has to be something said for that. Does that mean he's going to be a better head coach at uh, Division I than, than Brian Hartline or Kerry Combs or Gino Gadulli or whomever? No, it doesn't. But all you can go by, as we used to say all the time, is the back of a bubblegum card. And right now, if you're looking at the bubblegum card, Dion's got something. If you're trying to hit a, hire a head coach on that resume on the back of that bubblegum card, he's got this year 12-0. and 0. I would love to know, and, and I'm sure we'll find out. 
Justin Williams will probably write an article after all this is done a month from now. I will love to know if Dion doesn't get the job, if he was ever even in the running. Because I feel like if he doesn't get the job, we'll find out in a month from now that Cunningham never even gave him a chance. But maybe he did. I'm totally speculating. I have no idea. Yeah. But I, we'll find out eventually what the mutual or not mutual interest was. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And here's my thing about the Dion Sanders thing. Even if he's not a great play caller, right? I think just the recruiting that you would get alone from him would be enough to justify for the next coach, for the next guy to have a better opportunity at that job. I, I think that can't be understated enough. I mean, the the dude just has the reach. I mean, he, he convinced a kid to go to a D2 school. I mean, like, that was the top in the country. Well, he took, he took big time advantage of you, right about that recruit, number one recruit in high school football a year ago. Um, he has just completely raided, and it's all legal, uh, the transfer, per, transfer portal. He's brought in a bunch of guys from big time D1 program schools that it didn't work out, and you're coming down there to play for Dion. So he's going to get players. There's no doubt about it. The, the, the same can be said of Brian Hartline. I mean, it, it, it's, not, it's not Ryan Day. He might be the guy that, that closes a deal. But the guy that's brought in Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Mika Abul, all these guys, Julian Fleming, the, the, and, and three of the top five wide receivers in high school football coming out this year are coming to Ohio State. I because they're starting to become known as wide receiver you. And the guy that is the lead recruiter on all those guys is Brian Hartline. Yeah, and he's my number two. If you're not getting Dion, you better get the guy that's regarded as one of the best recruits right now in the country, at least at receiver. And, I mean, I'm sure he can evaluate talent elsewhere. I mean, receiver is a very athletic position to evaluate to begin with. So I'm sure he's great at scouting out talent regardless. So for me, I it, it goes Dion, Brian Hartline, and then you're you're talking about maybe another guy that we're not really throwing out there yet because I don't want to kind of how Trace um yesterday on our on uh box lunch, he 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 does not want to recycle a coach who has failed like why, why get a guy from the Big 12 who was literally the bottom of the barrel in that conference? And you're thinking about hiring that guy? So well, you hold do on it a minute now. That, that, that's a stretch. And you're talking about – and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You're talking about Tom Herman. Who, by the way, I did not know about Tom Herman was actually born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, he's a was Cincinnati he? guy. Hmm. I did not know that. I thought you were talking about Matt Campbell. He, was born, he grew up in California. So he moved out of Cincinnati immediately. He's a California guy. Since the time he was six years old, he grew up in Simi Valley, California. Um, but, you know, you, you look at, he goes 13-1 and one in Houston. Then he goes 9-3 and three at Houston. Okay? He wins a Peach Bowl at Houston his first year there. He gets a Texas job. And Texas has been a mess through the last seven coaches they've hired. 
I think they're still a mess now. That's my opinion. I don't think they're in any better hands with Steve Sarkeesian than they were with Tom Herman. I was talking about Matt Campbell. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. That's why I said I didn't want to put words in your mouth. But Tom Tom Herman, I mean, like, he hasn't gotten the job done at Texas. Like, Okay, but let me just say, I was saying, he walks in the door. They've got some, some issues going on there. One game over 500. The next year, he goes 10 and 4. Then he goes 8 and 5, 7 and 3. All four bowl games, he wins, including um, the Sugar Bowl in 2018. Would we consider that success at UC? I, I, yes, I guess. I mean, I guess for Brandon Seho, I, I guess that's success. I, I just have high expectations. I, I put my teams that I root for, I don't give them any slack. I don't care how bad they did the year before. I am. UC's never won a. Yeah, I know. I I know, but I'm just saying, like. He knows the league. Herman knows the Big 12. Herman knows. Knows it inside and out. Uh, I don't know what his his recruiting was like at Texas. I have to believe it was pretty doggone good. Um, Look. What's the your bottom top? line is the best point was made by, I think it was Sir Boy Wonder here on the chat, because this is a fact, and this cannot be even remotely debated. And this is the simple line that Dion will get in any kid's front door. Yep. Anybody. Yep. He'll get in the door, whether he can get him to sign to play at UC or wherever it is he goes. That remains to be seen. But he will have a seat at the dining room table, coast to coast. Prime time. Prime time. Who is your I, – I gave, like, my top three guys that I would want, like Dion, Hartline, and maybe Herm is three. In but your, what, what, what's your top three? In your worth, Tom. Like, Paul, go ahead. You look at Tom Herman, Matt Campbell, to steal one from you. Tired. Do you get excited? Come on. Do you get excited? What do you mean tired? Do you get? These guys are in their early forties. Do you do you hear Tom? <clears throat> do you hear Tom Herman and Matt Campbell? And you you get fired up in the morning. You get fired up to hear those names. No, no, you don't. You know that, 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 that you make a great point there. I think at the end of the day. If you're talking about getting fired up for a fan base, clearly Dion and Heartline, in that order that you just pointed out, Casey, in that order, they are the ones that stir it up the most. Yeah. The most conversation, for sure. But I would not outright dismiss the likes of Campbell, Herman. Um, I know a lot of the UC players have gone to bat for Gino Gadouli. Um, and you know what? They should because they played for this guy. They were around him every day. They know him better than anybody else. They know what the guy's like. Everybody universally loves Kerry Combs, um, and, and, and there are a lot of people who would be thrilled for him, including me, if he got that job. But, yeah, if you're talking about waking up to a buzz, it's like Xavier could have gone out and hired a bunch of different guys for their basketball job yeah. this year. I mean, a lot of people would have beat down the door to get that, that job. Really good coaches. Yeah. Matt McMahon went to LSU. Dennis Gates went to Missouri. But, like, do you wake up in the morning and you're like, hell yeah, Matt McMahon. 
No, you're like, hell yeah, Sean Miller. That's right. That's what I'm trying to convey here about the UC head football coach. Okay, let's see here. Trace Fowler weighed in on this. He said, is no one going to be bringing up that Brian Hartline's recruiting at Ohio State? Yes, we did bring that up. He just Tom Herman again. recruited Joe Burrow to Ohio State University. Yeah, that's why I think I have him at three, and especially because he's not – the success that he's had isn't, like, over the top for me, but it's good enough to where it's like, okay, that's, that's reasonable for UC to have those expectations – would we be talking on. about Tom Herman if he didn't have a Cincinnati connect? I am so – if I can – I can't make it clear enough how closely I followed that Texas program while, te while Herman was there. And I know Texas and UC are very different. But for some reason, I followed Herman's career pretty closely. I'm so over the guy. Really? I'm Why are so, you so down I'm so over the guy. He just seems – I don't know. He just never figured it out. And I know the records maybe are – our windows shine on it, but eh, he I mean, won. He did win, and and Texas has unrealistic expectations. But I'm Herman is oh man, I don't know. UC can do better than that. You know the one name we we, we never bring up, and SB Nation wrote a story on this late last night. Don't know if you saw it. The one the one name we have not brought up at all is Jim Leonard. Oh. Steve, it'd be basically a flop, basically. You know, Leonard was the uh, defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, and in this writer's opinion, um, Joseph Acosta uh, for SB Nation says who he thinks they should hire, Jim Leonard, who he thinks they will hire, Jim Leonard. Oh. Interesting name. That would be that would be a tough one to swallow. Hmm. Okay. To to, to get the coach from the program. Well, he your coach interim. just replaced. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't see that happening. I I I don't even. That know. would be tough. You know, this guy makes a case that Leonard would be a great guy to lead Cincinnati into a new era, into a new conference. Ohio is right. In uh, uh, of course, the recruiting hotbed. Um, Leonard's been all over the Midwest. You know, I, Midwest kind of guy, blah, blah, blah. I actually got to buy it. I got to redo my order here because Sir Boy makes a great point. My number one would be Tom Brenneman <laughs> to lead my oh UC my football God. team. Please. To the promise. Please. please. Three time champ. In basketball, I mean, come on. There's, there, there's no come question on. about that. Leader of men but again, and women. Uh, again, no time for snowflakes. And you end none. None. You would bring that Urban Meyer fire to UC. There's no doubt about that. Why not Urban Meyer? No. Now, if there is one name that there is no doubt of, I mean, the rest of these names, you could just throw them out in the window. Every one of them. That's the only name that would matter. But he has confirmed with me already yesterday, no. Aww. He's not getting back into coaching. Breaking news. That's right. Heartbreaking. Because, uh, you know, yeah, easy. That, no. And, um, and I believe him. Although, I, you know, I, I rib him all the time when we talk. I'm like, he's way too young. 
Uh, and I know the health issues, especially with his brain um, and the cyst that's in there. He talked about it on the big interview two weeks ago. It's roughly the size of a tennis ball. When the pressure builds up, that thing, the pressure builds, it gets bigger and bigger, and they've had two or three times to stick uh, basically pieces of metal in there to release it. And one time they did it, uh, it was described as a geyser shooting oh, out of his head. And so, you know, he went blind in one eye in the middle of a game. It's been well-documented um, against Penn State during a game. So, but man, that would be the guy. Now, you talk about bringing some juice to Clifton. <laughs> Leader of men! <laughs> Cincinnati, would be a, Cincinnati would be a football town after that. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, nobody would go to the Bengals games anymore. It would be all urban all the time. You'd have to build a new stadium. You would. Yeah. You just use flip stadiums. Put oh. the Bengals <laughs> at Nippert, and you put UC at, uh, at Paycor. <laughs> and just name it Urban Meyer Stadium. <laughs> UBS. UBS. All right. Uh, that's right. UBS. There we go. There, there would be your title. Yeah. UBS. That's right. Um, Tom, okay. Tom, there's one topic that we haven't really gotten to this week. I don't know if you want to wait until Friday, but we haven't gone over your NFL top five, and there was a team that sneaked up into the top five. Oh, you want to spend two minutes on this? Go ahead. All right. Here we go. Tom Brenneman's NFL top my five. My new top five. I got the Chiefs number one. Um, I got the Dolphins two. Eagles have lost one game. They have the best record in the league. I'm not sold on Buffalo as much anymore, I got to tell you. They are starting to really slide. Uh, I think the Bengals are better than the Bills. And I think the Bengals are going to play them here uh, the second to last game of the year. And barring any kind of you know injury or, or series of injuries, uh, that we don't know about. I think the Bengals are going to take it to Buffalo. Really? I, I absolutely. I think Cincinnati is a better team than Buffalo. I Agreed. do. I agree. I do. I think Burrow is a better player, without a doubt, than Josh Allen. The Bengals have better skill players. The defenses are very similar. Cincinnati runs the ball a little bit better most of the time in Buffalo, but that's a long ways off, man. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. That's the second to last game of the year. The last two are at home. So they've got this week at home, the Bengals against Kansas City. Um, and, and then do they play what? Back-to-back -back road games? Bengals New England, New and, England and, and Tampa Bay. And Tampa. Tampa Bay, right. And then they come back home. No, 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 no. No, the they Browns. The Browns. The Browns are in there. Yeah, the Browns are after the Browns. Kansas. The Browns are home. Yeah, so it's back-to-back -back home games, then back-to-back -back road games, yep. and then back-to-back -back home games. Tom, do you realize that one month from right this second, right now, one month from right now, we can put a bet in on our phone? We're one month oh, away. How about that? And one month from now, we'll be talking about how they they clinched a playoff spot too. I mean, yeah, true. They won't even need to play their start. They might not lose to Buffalo. They won't need to play their starters. Already have a spot locked up. You know what? They might. I'm not going to put anything past them. They're playing well. They're coaching well. They are coaching well. I, yeah. I think it is, it is flying. I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because I think it's flying very under the radar for how much uh, flack the coaching. Don't go off the deep end now. What? Don't I think go off the deep end now. Don't okay. Give him too much praise. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, no, I mean, I think credit where credit is due. Please continue. Just I, don't, don't go off. Don't, don't. 
go off the deep end. I don't think it's that far off the deep end to give them some respect after the disrespect that they got for the first six weeks. They earned the disrespect. I understand, but they made the adjustments to then come back and win these games, especially without Jamar Chase. That's fair. I have not seen, in my eyes, enough respect to this coaching staff for what they've done to evaluate themselves after that debacle in Baltimore. Well, hold on now. I think a lot of the national guys are falling all over themselves in praise of Zach Taylor. Oh, okay. who swoop in here once every two months only when they're good. I mean, there are a lot of guys out there that are talking up Zach Taylor uh, up one side and down the other, and, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be because I'm with you. If you're going to beat them up when they're not playing, when they're not doing well at their job, you also have to give credit where credit is due, and if the story is indeed factual that they've gone, quote-unquote, back to the drawing board on offense and, 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 and play calling and all that kind of thing, well, you know what? Um, God bless them because they look like a different team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I, I do give them credit for them being able to figure out how to play without Mixon and Chamar to beat the Titans. Like, it's pretty darn good. We had both those guys last year and we struggled. Didn't have them this year and didn't look like we struggled a whole lot. Um, so kudos to them. I think this was actually, honestly, the best thing that could have happened to the Bengals because it taught them how to adapt, taught them what they've got at depth. They know now what they can roll out there with on a week-to-week basis. They know who to target. They know they've got a great backup running back. I'm really looking forward to this week to know for sure if it all comes together with Mixon coming back. We don't know for sure if Jamar is going to be fully healthy playing every snap, but he at least said he would try to play some snaps. We'll find out more from uh, James tomorrow. But, man, this team, it's just – when we come together and it, 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 we're healthy and we're firing on all cylinders, we put up 525 on you. We, we destroy teams. And – I, I'm sorry for the rest of the league, man. I mean, it's it's, it's game over. Well, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not making that leap of faith quite yet, because they they have they have work to do. As we sit here right now, they would be in the playoffs as a wild card, even though they have the same record as Baltimore. They are behind Baltimore, of course. Uh, the only time they played, they lost and should have beaten. Coaching lost to Baltimore. Coaching. Yeah. Lost to Baltimore. Um, uh, and, and, and quite honestly, I mean, you know, look, you go back to that game and even through all those silly calls, the, the, the double reverse and Boyd trying to pass and, and the shovel pass uh, and all that kind of stuff on a fourth down to a guy who hadn't caught a pass all year long. <laughs> the bottom line is people got to block somebody. Yeah. And when it mattered, they didn't block somebody. And so I'm not going to lay all that on the feet of Zach Taylor or Callahan or the rest of them. But I think we all agree we've seen a different group, but they have a lot of tough games, a lot. Uh, that New England game is going to be a tough game. Mac Jones is playing better since coming back. That's on the road. Um, they have to go down to Tampa Bay. I don't think Tampa Bay's any good, but it's still Tom Brady. And it's still Tampa Bay in Tampa, and they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, Cleveland is inside their collective heads. Can they exercise those demons? Because they were unable to do it last year, and the first time they played them this year, they got drilled. 
Uh, and Deshaun Watson, by the way. We haven't touched on that. Oh, yeah. We... He is back this week, and we will talk about that tomorrow. Which, um, and then, of course, you got the, the, the last two we talked about. You know, you got, you got um, Buffalo coming to town, and you got the Ravens coming to town. So this, we've talked about it all year long. The schedule is brutal down the stretch. So far, so good. And what I consider to be last week is the first of that stretch of now it, it's time to show me the money, as they say. Show me the money. Show us the money. Do we have a cherry on top today? Uh, can you pull it up? Did you send it to me? On I don't, Twitter? but it's on Twitter. I can send it to you right now. We do have a cherry on we top. Do. Give me about two seconds. Okay, here, this is our cherry on top presented as always by United Dairy Farmers, the I, title sponsor of our off the bench program. I can tee it up while Casey is. Uh, I will go ahead. While Casey is doing this. So last night, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I tweeted it out. Last night at the Xavier game, um, I'm the in-arena host for the Xavier yes. games. So we do a promotion for a half-court shot. Well, last night, uh, it's the first time out of the game. We'll go on out there, and usually what I do is sometimes the guys that I – wait, wait, pa yeah, pause it. There you go. So sometimes the guys are nervous, right, and and you you, you, you get back in the tunnel, and they're, you know, it's like, oh, my God, i got to go out in front of 10,000 people and shoot. So I go back there. I try to – Tell them to take a deep breath and like, hey, we're all rooting for you. So I. What do they win? Uh, uh, this year it's five hundred dollars to the bookstore. Boy, don't get too don't don't get too well, generous wait, 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 down there at wait, Xavier. Wait, I know most places are giving away a year tuition. They they did a uh, they. I don't know what it used to be, but this year's this year's good. Is what bucks. is it? Five hundred bucks to the bookstore. Get okay, you. well that'd be nice. Yeah, Xavier's too. Okay, yeah, for yeah. And so, uh, so we go back there, and the sponsor told me that, uh, you know, if it's close, you can give him a second shot. I was like, okay. So I go back there, and I say, hey, look, if it's close, you can get a second shot. He goes, don't worry, I don't need a second shot. I said, okay. Guy said this to you. He, yeah, in the tunnel before he goes. He cut me off. He said, don't worry, I don't need a second shot. I said, all right, man, we'll see. Goes out there, and look at this. First shot. Nailed it. How sweet is that? Where's this kid from? I don't know. I didn't get a chance. He kind of ran off the court. I didn't really get a chance to talk to him. <laughs> you don't even know the guy's name. I know his You're name the was host Ben. And he, he, I know his name was Ben. But I know okay, his, that's I know his name was asking. Ben. I don't yeah. know his last name. You yeah. don't know where he's from. Don't know where he's from. I know his name is Ben. He just texted me and asked me how to get his gift card out. <laughs> oh my God! What kind of operation are you guys running down I know, there? I know. Get that man his five hundred dollars. I'll get it card. to him. I'll get it to him. Don't you worry. We'll get it to him. We'll get this it. This sounds to you, like man. something like the check is in the mail. That's the second time one of my guys has hit the half court shot too. Had one last year. Had he hit it on the uh, the day the Bengals beat the Raiders because I knew it was good vibes for the day. Brandon, what's a UC guy have to say about something like that? Where not only are you not giving away a car or a semester tuition or whatever it might, I have no skin in a game. Because I'm, I'm an OU, at OU they'd be giving away, you know, like uh, a one-year trip around the world, something like that. Yeah. But, what's that? They give away rent at UC. Rent? Rent. What do you mean rent? <laughs> You, you know, your mom and dad get a free year of rent, or you're off campus house. Okay, but what if you're on campus? They'll pay the housing. Maybe they, I don't know. I don't pay attention. I'm oh. Five years deep by the time I 
Okay. All well, right. that would be a nice one. Uh, but look, 500 bucks is great. Five, the team shop, that's fine. Um, if he made but it. The, but to think that you guys give that away and you really don't give it away and the cat just made a half-court shot. Well, he gets it. Hang on. No, he's asking you through the internet how to get it. <laughs> we'll get I it mean, to come him. on. We'll get it to him. So you should come up with an idea for a double or nothing for in instances like this to where it's really like really big like like he wins a car he's got to make two to win a car yeah you know the lakers the lakers have hit their half court shot two nights in a row i saw that on twitter last that's night 10 grand. that's 10 grand for I mean, the lakers i mean the dude was so confident well, it's the lakers. i know yeah, it's the lakers yeah yeah well you only get you only get four grand because of la taxes that's right that's right between <laughs> federal state city local township whatever it is if you make that shot in california uh the 10 grand just became about 3500 true okay 500 bucks to the uh lakers gift store <laughs> and you know what that would be that'd be like 100 bucks yeah that'd yeah. be you what get, you two get a sweatshirt and a lid two jerseys no not, not even that right aren't jerseys like 140 bucks i don't know i don't buy jerseys right. is that what they are at least a new NFL Bengals jersey is. $140? Yeah, I guess that sounds right. That sounds right. All Another right. Another reason not to be a jersey guy, I guess. True. Anonymous says, can $500 buy a textbook nowadays? That's a good question. Oh, man. man. I find that out. That's what, that's what the half-court shot used to be, actually, uh, a while ago, was free textbooks for a year. So now it's just $500 to... They think that'll cover it all, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, but the bookstore, you can get it. jerseys or gear or whatever you want. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't control it. All right. Well, I mean, I just think it's sort of if there is a uh, there's an aroma coming off that <laughs> when the dude who made the half court shot makes it last night and he's asking you. No, what he texted me. He, he texted me last night. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah. I don't care if it's last night or today. I mean, like, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, somebody should have been standing there and handed him. The dude just made a half-court shot. This was the agreement. He'll get right? it. You make the shot, you get the $500 card to the team shot. Oh, this is going Somebody on hand page. the guy the card. He'll get it. Yeah, we're he tagging should have it in his pocket this. walking out of the joint last night. He got a jersey, too. He <laughs> got a jersey. Yeah. The jersey that he's wearing, he gets to keep that. So, what was that? We gave away two Kiki jerseys. Kiki Tandy jersey. I mean, what, what, what is it? Is it I don't Kai know what Kai, it is. Kiki? Kiki? Kiki. I don't know what it is. Okay. Uh, we did give away an Adam Kunkel jersey too. He We're all over the place. Should have had a Sule Boom. Because he boom. just he just boomed it in there. <laughs> all right, boys. Great job today. Thanks as always for all your insight. Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner. Absolutely. Brandon Seho. Um, and tomorrow we have James Rapine who will join us from down at Paycor Stadium previewing the game. We will have Matt Lane previewing things, excuse me, from the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs side. You'll really like this guy. Um, he, he's not a, a, a quote unquote super fan kind of guy. He's more of a serious straight down the line uh, kind of a guy. He will have good insight as to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and what they're all about uh, and, 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 and where are they injury-wise and so forth coming into this game. 
and of course, we have our Friday picks, a huge weekend of college football, huge, and the National Football League, but none bigger than Saturday at noon. And I don't mean the TCU Horned Frogs. I mean the MAC Championship. C.J. Harris, the Cinderella story, as the backup to MAC Player of the Year, Curtis Rourke. He's 1-0 as a starter. Can he bring back to Athens the MAC Championship trophy and rename no longer Green Bay, Wisconsin, but name Athens, Ohio, Title Town? A-Town! We'll see you tomorrow. Stick around, everyone. We're about to start. Not too picky. Yep. Nice. I didn't know that. All right. Yeah. You want me? To, you want to give me? You, you want me to wait? You're taking a break. What no, you we're good. We're going we're, to break. We're You're going good. to break. All right. We're going to break. break. We'll All right. We'll see spots. you tomorrow. Thanks everybody for joining us. Coming up, not too picky. Yep. Better pick the Bobcats and TCU. We've been riding the Bobcats all year. I'm not about and to stop doing TCU. it now. Horn frogs.